Drew Hour and Amy Rosenblum join Nick and Megan for the QR on TV podcast by Flowcode. Drew and Amy from wannabeontv.com do media training, coaching, customized presentations on what to be better at and how to be better if you're going to be in front of the camera or presenting to humans. They know their stuff and they spill the tea. Let's just get right into it. Just a 30-second overview of, of who you both are and, um, you know, kind of... Why, why we're on the show. Why are we on this show? No, why? Yeah, well, I mean that, I guess, <laughs> at a basic level. But why are you amazing at what you do? You're amazing. <laughs> well, my mother told me that, so that's why I am. Now, this is Amy with the Long Island squeaky voice. Um, this is why I didn't go on air and I became a producer, because you can boss people around with a squeaky voice. Um, so I spent many, 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 many years producing, executive producing. I started at CBS News. I went to into the world of daytime when it was first opening um, with Joan Rivers, loved her. You know, basically people think I'm, I am her now because I just stole all the jokes. And went from there to a show called Sally, Jesse Raphael, which was very big. It was like Phil Donahue. I mean, if any people's like, or have to be like over 40, you know who I'm talking about? Say that like, I wish my glasses were blue because I was going for that Sally, Jesse thing. Oh no, Sally's red. Hello. No, no, but like, you can't, I can't take red. That's her. Right, right. Like, but right. <laughs> that's a pop of color and it works for you. Anyway. Okay. So I then I went to see Matt and tell you it would match your hair, but we'll move on. The mouth. He's anyway, mad. now we're getting like one of the Sally guests. Um, so then I went to Sally Jesse Raphael and the show went from like boring talk to what they call conflict television where everybody was telling each other they hated each other. Your mother was sleeping with your boyfriend, you know, it, and it was great. It was really, really fun, fantastic. And sort of like in the green room before you went on the air, and this is going to get to what Drew and I do now is I would, you know, talk to the guests and say, remember how you were so animated? Remember when you told me the story about how you found your mother in bed with your boyfriend? You have to tell that and remember to cry, you know, and, and they were real, but like you would help them along. So they don't tell that boring part. Tell the part when you cry about finding your mother in bed, blah, blah, blah. So um, the whole new world of, of daytime opened up then and it became like, I hate you. I hate you, blah, 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 blah. And then the, my company, Universal, who I was working for, bought a show called The Maury Show. And they said, now we want you to be executive producer of The Maury Show. And he, I went to him and I said, are you going to be able to do the same sort of things like Sally did? Can you do boot camp? Which was the teens fighting, you send them, you send them away so they get screamed at, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, pregnant teens and all this stuff. And then we did something called paternity and it took off like a house on fire. And like, I tried to do other things. You know, I wanted to go back to like, your mother's a tramp and, you know, I hate my mother and all that sort of stuff, but they wouldn't accept anything but paternity. And the ratings were like through the roof. And, and, you know, the general managers at all the stations were saying, you're beating Oprah, you have to do it. Even though it was like the lowest of the lowest of the low, like people would come in and say, we have a girl, she, she has 24 men. I go, wait a minute, you can get pregnant for 12 hours and she has 24 men. I mean, I mean, hello, but it was a great experience. The show made, you know, history. I mean, who's the daddy was never even, you know, no one even said that before, it changed the whole face of I don't know I, have, I guess test <laughs> and um from there I went to the Today Show and I was exa- I was senior producer of the eight o'clock hour and I made it very girly much to Matt Lauer's dismay he was not happy with how girly the show became then I'm gonna move this really quickly then they said well we're gonna do a fourth hour and I said fourth hour it's so stupid we're doing more of this like it's crazy and I said, who's doing it? And they said, Ann, Al, Tiki Barber, anyone who's breathing. And I go, what about that woman, Hoda? I really like her. She's the one who's on Dateline and she's only on like once a month. And they go, mm, I don't know. I don't see it. 
I'm saying, I'm begging you. It's going to be 10 o'clock in the morning. That's daytime. You need someone like Hoda. She's not pretty enough. These are the genius men. Um, I said, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. And finally they said, okay, we'll let her do it, but you're going to get fired if it doesn't work. Okay. Move ahead. I went out for lunch with her. It wasn't working. She was on with Anne and, and everyone at NBC was, everybody was on talking over each other and everything. And I said, this is not working. Hoda media training. Why can't you be how you were in my office? Be that person you were in my office where you're listening, where you're laughing, where you're smiling. I can't, I'm afraid. Ann Curry, blah, blah, blah. I can't step on her toes. I said, let's go out for lunch. We go out for lunch. Kathy Lee Gifford's at the next table. I said, that's your co-host. The rest is history. But <laughs> so anyway, did that. And then I, um, I'm, I'm going to get to the Drew part. I started my, I decided to do a media train. I didn't want to do this anymore. After I left the Today Show, I went to do a local show and it really felt like, boring compared to all the stuff I had done. So I said, I'm just going to start my own company because Jill Martin, who was my assistant at Maury, was now on air at the Today Show. I found Hoda and a slew of other people who say, oh, Amy, you helped me in my career. And I said, why don't I just do this on my own? And after starting out with someone else, it didn't work. This girl named Drew Hour from Kansas City called me 75 times. I finally said, all right, whatever. In one, literally in two hours, I knew that she was better than the woman that was sitting at the table with me sharing the wealth. We got rid of that other one. Drew became <laughs> on board. You know, she was like 22 going on 42 at that time. Now she's like 80. And Thank you. Drew, Drew caught on and Drew could be a producer at any national show. She understands television and people and that's what it takes. We have a media training company. It's called So You Want to Be on TV. Go Drew. Sorry, I'm long um, no, no, I think you did, you did great. I don't have quite as interesting of a background, but I do like telling people what to do. So this has been the perfect <laughs> career for me. <laughs> um, but essentially, you know, people come to us with a variety of different things that they're interested in doing. Heads of company, people that already have an established job or somebody who just wants to be on TV. And we teach them either confidence, conviction, how to get their message across, how to get um, you know, a story on TV period from the start to finish how to become the next Martha Stewart on TV. It really has a lot of different lives. Um, we tend not to say no to too many projects because we can figure it out. Um, and I do think that we have a, a very unique niche into the world of television and how to be a good storyteller. So that's, that's what we do. And that's, that's how we, uh, we kind of met. Uh, Megan yeah. and I were prepping for, also Drew, we should just mention before I jump into how we met, eight years, right? You've been doing this eight years with Amy yeah. and uh, you've held on. And I feel like Amy, if you don't like someone, you probably don't work eight years. And they're not that successful. Like, really? What makes you say that? I don't know. Just the, like, I'm afraid to go to lunch with you because I might get either fired oh, or fired for a new people, people used to say, you know, Amy only likes the smart people when I was executive producing. Yeah. Okay. Well, hello. Of course I only like the smart people. No, Drew Nick. and I, I appreciate you pointing that out <laughs> because no, many other people have said, they're like, eight years, hats off to you. That's impressive. She doesn't keep it going. Like, like like I'm so terrible. It's, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm very no. lucky. I think, I think really what it is, is she is uh, so much energy and not too many people, including myself, can keep up with that. So if you can manage to like trick her into thinking you're keeping up, then she'll keep you around. And it's oh, been she, okay. She's great. <laughs> And we've had, we've had challenging people. We, we once had a, a me train A-Rod and it was the right when he first started dating J-Lo. Like I think it was the week he started dating her and all he wanted to keep asking. But first of all, he, <laughs> I had to like go through tests 
like get on, go, like I had to be on video chat with him, I guess, to see whether I was decent looking. So like, otherwise he wouldn't okay. meet. I don't know what the reason was. Then I had to go to lunch with him and his assistant. I should preface, he didn't make us sign anything. So you can keep all of this if you'd like. <laughs> okay, that was the next <laughs> question. Like, yeah. hey, I mean, and then he said, um, all right, so he'll meet you train with us. We went over to his apartment, not to his apartment, but to the, like the meeting room downstairs. And Drew did sneak one picture. I have one of like the side. <laughs> But he was like, do you think I should go out with J-Lo? Because, you know, people say it would be really good for my career. I'm like, hello, yes. <laughs> anyway, that was, that was one of our more exciting people. And then we did media train some people in the Trump administration that we had assigned, so we can't tell you who they were. But we've media trained some really exciting people, CEOs of companies. And, you know, it takes mm -hmm. a lot of, you go from one day, like, you know, teaching somebody who's like a model who doesn't speak English to the next day, somebody in like the Trump administration. Or a couple of dorks from flow code. Or a couple, <laughs> seriously, no. can, I, like, can we put a pin in that? Let's uh, use the tech term of double clicking for a second. But like the, uh, I called my mom after like meeting you guys for the first time, because we often have these moments of being like, I can't believe this is real life. That like, we work for this company and you know, our, it, it's just, it's, everything is very weird. Um, we get these meetings dropped on our calendars and I'm, you know, reaching out to, to live. And I'm like, uh, so what is this about? And she's like, oh, uh, it's, um, media training and it's with, um, you know, they, they work with Hoda and like all of these people. I was like, oh, so I called my mom and I was like, you wouldn't believe what they're doing to get me ready for NAB Vegas. You know, it was like right. this whole, like really interesting and funny moment, but If you want to know why Stranger Things, Kind Bars, Gary V, Feeding America, The Hundreds, POAP, and more are using flow code, the answer is safety, design, analytics, and entirely new markets. Stop what you're doing right now and go to flowcode.com enterprise to see the use cases on how people are using this amazing product to create profits and retain or build relationships with their current customers. so far off the beaten path, you're like, oh, that person's awesome on TV, but this is totally defying convention. Like, interested in understanding what those attributes um, are like. I'm, I mean, I have, a, I have an answer and I know Amy can build on this definitely, but I think the biggest thing for an audience is the takeaway, which I think that's where flow code comes into play really well. You know, people wanna watch something on TV and if it's a product, they wanna be able to get it immediately. They want to be able to experience it as soon as they can. They want that interaction so through this bridge between the on-air people as well as the, the viewer at home. So that takeaway component. And the, and the biggest piece I think that works the best to answer that part of your question is there has to be this extreme likability and this kind of innocence about the person on-air talking about whatever they're talking about there's conviction, there's excitement, but they really feel like you can go out to lunch with them. And that's why people like Hoda, Sally, Maury have been successful as long as they have, because they have the trust of the viewer right. and that viewer feels like they have a personal relationship with them. So it's twofold. It's like you're getting advice from what to buy from your best friend and that best friend happens to be Hoda. And I think that's where like the component of the flow code comes in of where you can really see how they're engaging with those pieces of information that the hosts are talking about. Is that what you're looking, is that the answer you're looking for? 
Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that was an awesome answer. Um, yeah, like the, the attribute there, I guess, would be, you know, that kind of approachability or accessibility to that, uh, to that person. People say that all the time, like, oh, I could imagine having a beer with that person. You know, that's, right, right. That's awesome. One person right. that I went in, sometimes just like, it's a funny story, just that I was supposed to media train this woman to go on CNN. And she had, and I was partners with this girl who was very newsy business partners. I'm like, all right, she was going on CNN about her business. I'm like, oh, I'm really not that interested. I'd rather do, you know, somebody, you know, who's, who has like a more fun thing. I don't really want to talk about what she's going to talk about. So we go into the room to media train her and she walked in and she had platinum blonde hair in pigtails and boobs sticking out and the most inappropriate thing. And so Jane, who I was working with at the time, starts just media training her about her company. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You cannot go on CNN with pigtails and your cleavage is like sticking out crazy and she said listen to me i'm powerhouse and pigtails and i am who i am which is really good but i am sitting there during the whole thing and she's talking business and i'm so bored i'm like going this woman is so phenomenal anyway she's now one of the stars of the new jersey housewives and that's where she belonged not on cnn so i mean so a lot of times drew and i will somebody will call us and say they want to be x y and z and what during the whole thing I'm like, Drew, don't you see her more like on the Drew Barrymore show doing the product thing than she wants to do? So, you know, we are able to like see what show they belong on and what they, if they think they should be doing something now, you'd be better off doing this. So right. it's, it's become like an art. And, and uh, yeah. that, you know, you don't have to do that, Amy. You can tell them that that was me who you were giving the advice to and that I didn't. <laughs> I told you to take that blonde wig off. Yep, blonde wig, get it, <laughs> it off. It was actually Margaret Josephs, who's I think if anyone out there watch New Jersey Housewives, that's who it was. So yeah, no, I've never watched it. Okay, well anyway, oh, she's yeah. like a star, but it was just like you know this this button down business interview, and I'm like, wait a minute, tuck those boobies in, honey. You can't go like that. You know, I'm wearing like. <laughs> Well, you're good. I have a question because, sorry, Nick, I'm jumping in on top of you. We don't even include this in the episode, but like one thing that I often talk about is like how my stage and presentation personality is like completely different than who I am as a human being. Like, do you feel like, like if you had to call it, what is the percent breakout between people who are like actually like that versus mm. like masking. In well, the one thing I would say is everybody can't be hundred percent nice all the time. And when you watch some people on TV and you're like, Oh my God, she's so nice. I love her. I want to be best friends with her. I mean, nobody is nice like that all the time, but I think for the most, well, Sally, Jesse Raphael, no, she was like the wizard of Oz. And it was like, I was like behind the curtain doing everything, but you know, I, I, but someone like a Katie Cork, what you see is what you get. You know, she is what she and Hoda is also. I mean, like, I'm not saying that she walks around smiling 24 hours a day, but that is her personality. That like that very big personality is. And someone like yeah. Kate was also. But it's, it's an art though. People do turn it on. You know, you don't want to be, you're almost a character version of yourself when you're doing these, some of these things. I would say more so like the guest, not necessarily the host, but if you're coming on to talk about products, you're not that uppity kind of, extremely happy almost to like nauseous point all the time they're turning it on um but that being said to be on tv with that amount of regularity whether you're a host or a guest it is a real it's a real want yeah, yeah you have it, to it, really really want it and right. you have to be authentic to who you are because right 
if you're not keeping it up every day, people are going to say, well, she seems, you know, right. like I'll take Wendy Williams, for instance, you know, she had like a meltdown on air, right? You saw her personality, you know, you're on air. People are going to find you out if you're not who that person is. But when we teach right. some people, if they come to us and say, I'm really afraid to be on TV, I'm not going to be good, blah, blah, blah. We do something where we help them come out of their fear, where we say, okay, this time around, I want you to talk as fast as you can and put as much energy in. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like, I just love television. And we play it back to them. And it, they say, it doesn't even seem weird. It seems really good because you need that much energy to come across. Because most people aren't like that, you know? So anyway. Right. It's really interesting. I have another question, Nick. I don't know if you have another question because mine is kind of like off topic and, and a meeting point of like tech versus content, but. Yeah, no, no, mine is uh, definitely like right off of what you guys were just talking about. I did a podcast a few weeks ago and I was talking about this 60 minutes segment where these pilots were seeing weird stuff out their windows. And then 60 minutes said, mm. hey, if you want to see more about what these pilots are seeing, you just got to go to our website. And it was right. minutes.com slash after our <laughs> interview pilot. Like I was thinking in that scenario about how that's a perfect use for a flow code on television. You jump from content right. that's on the screen you get more from it there um it's just me telling a story about how i randomly brought up something on a different podcast and then i mm -hmm. randomly brought it up on this podcast too right but it's content going from the big screen to your little screen and actually getting people there uh, right. it's like when drew and i ever watch something like on netflix or anything and it could be like a true crime story we always like afterwards try to find other things about it. People want more information. Right. It's like, you know I mean? That's why they say that, information, go to that. And there's a whole and, different tradition that does that. And that's where I think kind of like in my, what I was saying initially was people want that takeaway. And if there was a very seamless way to transition from, you know, the main story into the additional information with a, with a QR code, with flow code, I think that would be, I mean, you don't even have to try. That just makes perfect sense. It would be great. Um, and to, I think, again, the viewer, it's like they know how to use the QR codes. They're familiar with it. They would feel comfortable with it. And you're still engaging on the 60 minutes platform in some kind of way. So it's still the same right. user. It's still the same takeaway. Um, it's nicely bundled. Um, let's get on that for you. <laughs> Megan, you They're were going to QR users, actually. The more, the more you show specifically, I was just thinking about that. They, uh, They'd use a lot of QR. Uh, Amy, were you at uh, at the show when um, when they uh, first started using the URL on screen to be like contact us if you have a story about paternity paternity or something like I'm that? I'm the one that I'm the one that started that. Bro, at, okay, at so tell us what the initial like feedback was. Like, what was the conversation like when you were like, you know, what we should do is no, because the bottom line was that it was it was such a it was such a good way to get guests. So I, I think Oprah was doing it only in Chicago. Like, do you have a mother who has beautiful, you know, whatever? And I'm like, we should do that. It's crazy. So we called them carts. Okay. Who, you know, we're putting a cart in 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 the edit room. You'd put it in, and and then I started figuring out it really worked. And because people were watching the show, and, but then I said, we should match the cart of the day in edit to what the show was about, because we're going to do the same 10 shows anyway. So let's say we would do like, I, do you have a twin who, even though you look identical about, you have totally different personalities and hate each other? And then, or do you know anyone like this? So you open it up more, right? And then we had a cart room 
and people would the interns would sit in the cart room and, and the, you know, the carts would come up four times during the show. Do you have a twin? Blah, 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 blah. And then I would go in the back. How's the cart doing? How's the cart doing? And I could figure out if they liked the show. And we're like, this is all, you know, yeah. this is just a way to figure it out. But if the phones were ringing, I could tell that, okay, they liked the show about twins. Uh, and then they would, let's say you would get like seven pages of other twins. And then you would have, you know, it was like old fashioned antiquated stuff, but it really worked because then you had a whole file of twins if you wanted to do a twin fashion show, or you wanted to do another sort of thing. And then that became how we found our guests. And I, I, the figuring out to matching it to what the topic was, was great. Imagine if we could do that now, we could, if we could see stuff just sprout up. Megan, you know, what was the genesis of your question? Geez, I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with, uh, you know, replacing uh, URLs with flow codes. Because one of the things that we're working on right now is like, you know, for the longest time, people have been putting 800 numbers up and then it was URLs. Right. And now we're trying to be like, look, you could put a flow code up and accomplish the same thing, but it's easier for the consumer. And what's really interesting about it's a brilliant it is that, idea. That's a brilliant idea. Like people, while it's up right. there, like people can instantly interact with it. But what's interesting is that in the context of like, contact information, they still perform better when you put the website next to the flow code or the phone number next to the flow code. Mm. People will still choose to interact with the flow code, but it's almost like the viewer needs to be educated on what the purpose is. This is an ad for flow code. It costs five times more to land a new client than it does to retain an existing customer. The same math would tell us that retaining 5% more of your current customers can increase profit anywhere from 25 to 95%. Increase profit from 25 to 95%. Flowcode makes a lot of things easier, specifically retaining and engaging your current customers. There are a lot of QR companies based in other countries that are happy to sell you a QR solution. Flowcode is the only one actively working with customers to increase their profits. Go to flowcode.com slash TV and get the answers to the questions you've had about direct-to-consumer and all things QR with Flowcode. Right. Well, I uh, remember watching the Today Show and, and because Jill, I feel, was like one of the first people to say, go to the little box and, you know, Jill Martin for Steals and Deals. And I remember thinking, this is so good. This is so good. You mean you just go up to the TV and do this? And I liked how they explained it. Maybe they need to do that again. Like, and what I would always do when I was a producer, I would say, hit him over the head and then hit him over the head again. Meaning like the same people don't watch the show five days a week, right? Or maybe somebody's a new viewer, they watch Good Morning America and they don't really understand what Jill's talking about. Like I would explain it once in a while. For those of you who don't really understand this, let me tell you why, blah, 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 blah. No, I mean, you're you're right. I, I like, you know, that point about people don't watch every day. The viewing behaviors have changed so much. It's like content is totally on demand. So you could realistically record the Today Show and access the same content three days later. And you know, like it's just mm -hmm. such a different kind of uh, approach. And so you make a fair point, like, uh, I don't know, it, you can't just do kind of a one and done style with uh, any of your messaging or anything. It's like consistency and you have to keep it fresh. So I don't know. Do you, you go on like um, nighttime shows of what people are wearing or whatever and put those, you know what I mean? Have you done any of that stuff? We, um, so a little bit more so, I would say in regional productions, um, we have like our, I would say we're more active in like the fashion space and the print category as opposed to TV. 
But mm -hmm. one thing I was actually just on a call with a client earlier who was like, um, you know, I really want to find a way to during a red carpet, could you scan this code and shop the designer or scan this code mm -hmm. and have a VR try on of the gown or the accessory or something like that. And so uh, it's who makes it, who makes it less expensively. What'd you say? Or who, who makes, makes it, it less 100%. You can't Shop. afford the Versace, go to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I love right. that. I love that. Well, and that's a, that's a cool thing. So who's the brand that is the more affordable brand? Can you have them sponsor the overall segment and start uh, every time an outfit pops up, there's a comparable one at a lower price point. Well, I bet you could that. find someone. I bet you could find someone to do that because that's like an old fashioned television show that we would do, you know, like two days later, like, you would get the all, you know, what this one wore, what that one wore, and, and like, this is like $17.99 at H&M, but really, you know, so I think that that's something that would, would be, people would love that. Is that like a yeah. live, live version of Best Dressed? Yes. Yeah, kind yeah. of, yeah. Yeah. But happening now, and you don't need to watch another show in three days. Right. 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 You can get all the information you need right then and there. Exactly. I my my question is like if you do put the website up with the flow code and you are saying that people are interacting more with the flow code anyway is it just sort of is it giving it context the website is it being like no you're safe to use this this flow code yeah is that really okay I really think um so like the thing that's interesting is that like if the flow code's up by itself it's going to get scanned and it and people are going to do it but I almost think that like the thing I keep coming back to is like, we're still in such a new place in terms of what people expect from QR or the way people interact with QR. It's a very different context than most people are used to. People see a QR in a menu and they know what to do with it. They see a QR right, on the right. TV screen. And even if it, for our purposes, looks very clear, it's like, yes, adding the additional context is really helpful. And I also think you know, I, th I think saying speaking to the lowest common denominator is like an unkind way of saying it, but like simplifying the entire thing of mm -hmm. like, you know, even if 90% of people are going to see the code and know exactly what to do with it, if that additional context of just putting up that website URL is going to appeal to the other 10% who are going to take an action, it's like incremental performance increase. And My pocketbook. <laughs> and are you able to track who's going to the website and who's using the QR code? Yeah. So that's okay. kind of a, a cool thing is like, you know, you could, and that's, that's really it, right? It's like on-demand content for the viewer. So like if they were going to uh, choose to go to the website, you would be able to see that, that traffic kind of clearly labeled as being, that's the access point. I must've left it at the place by accident. Can you use something else? I'm and on then, I'm on, it's taping this for a TV show. One second, let me mute you. Here, do you want to mute her next? I must have left the door. Unfortunately, Dan, I'll deal. Uh -huh. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, we're recording in separate channels anyway, so I can pull all that out. Uh, okay. Because hmm. I, I liked I liked that answer, and I think it's one of those things. Um, Aim, just raise your hand when you're ready to go off of mute. Okay. Um, I do think it is one of those things that would be, you know, are you able to see the specs of how old that person is or where they live, yada, yada, what they're using website versus QR code. 
Yes. Uh, okay. So love that because as of right now, we can very clearly kind of decipher when the client looks at that that traffic or the the ultimate conversions. You'd be able to see the traffic that came through the URL, and then we add a tracking URL to or a tracking phone number mm. or whatever that is to the flow code, so it differentiates the traffic. Now, um, what's cool is because it's you know power to the people. It lets the viewer choose how they want to interact with that brand. It gives them options, but. Um, mm -hmm you know, from the brand perspective or for the publisher perspective, it's really a valuable audience insight. And to your point about, uh, you know, uh, demographics and, and what, what can we learn about that user? Um, I actually just got out of a, a data session where we're looking at things like shopping behaviors and household income and, you know, uh, homeowner versus a renter and kind of all of these mm -hmm. things that really Ultimately, when you're going back to that fashion brand who's going to sponsor this segment and wants to know who they're interacting with, you know, was it valuable for me to do this? Yes. Mm -hmm. These scans are now the, the thing that's the benchmark that they can tell. So it has the added benefit of being immediately shoppable, but also right. very measurable. So it's kind of the right. exciting part of it. It's a data story that like traditionally TV hasn't had. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right. The future. Right. We've got about oh. five minutes before Drew has to jump off. So like we'll, we can put a button, button on it. Really me. I have to go to this, a, this benefit. <laughs> oh, I got you. I'm just willing to five take, I'm just willing to take the beats for it. But, but <laughs> my other question is, and this might be like so out there, it doesn't even work or it's, you know, not, it's completely frowned upon. But like we were saying before we, before we started that I had a, I used a flow code this weekend to interact with a wedding and I was able to see the schedule and everything like that. And again, I think for the, for the guests, that was extremely helpful. It was great takeaway. You were connecting with them. They knew how to use the QR code. My additional question is, you know, the website that it takes you to, you're getting some like curated, um, um, what's it called, ads. Is that something that you do on your end of like making sure that as a wedding guest, I'm seeing dresses from X, Y, and Z? Or is that just me Googling dresses incessantly and it happens to pop up? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Nick, you look like you're leaning in to say something. I have an answer, but answer, answer away. Yeah. So what I was going to say is that in that case, Flowcode didn't uh, serve those ads, but it's an example of kind of the way uh, data, your, your personal data is used right now. Right. So like mm. you went and you were shopping and Flowcode directed you to the internet and like because along the way, the big tech companies and the other brands purchased your data, they are targeting ads to you that like are relevant, right? But like you didn't necessarily choose to do that. Like if you were at the right. wedding, you already had the dress, right? So like, right. what's the point? So, um, you know, what's interesting is that we weren't part of that process, but what we're trying to do is build out the technology that flips that on its head, right? So instead of being served advertising that people are assuming you're interested in or are assuming are relevant to you or whatever this is, or are it's an old data set and you're seeing this ad 30 days after it's actually relevant to you, Flowcode is actually providing a kind of a slice of life insight based on what you are in, like interested in in this very moment. And sometimes, uh -huh. you know, that could be purchasing something at the moment of scan. Sometimes it's, I'm interested in this, but not for another six months. 
right. a better insight into like what your real world behavior is. And, and the best part of it is that you are choosing to share that information with a brand as opposed to somebody, you know, helping themselves to your data. And right. no, it's, no, it was right. voluntary. So, I think it's great. You do have the option no, though, and- like pixel, uh, like let's say you're trying to get someone from, you know, hey, check out this really cool product. Uh, you were talking about Hoda and Jenna. So let's say Hoda and Jenna want to get you to buy a product or want you to know about a product. You can scan that code. And then when you get to that website, there's like a pixel. And then the fact that the TV show got you to scan the thing into the site means now, Drew, you can get served that ad from Hoda and Jenna. Uh, mm. Or I mean, the product that was on Hoda and Jenna, not Hoda and right. Jenna. So right. That said, <laughs> Drew, you need to, before you have to, before Amy has to jump, did anyone bring their programs to that wedding? Where was that wedding? It, it was in Boston. Nobody brought the program. Mm-hmm. One bought a pro, brought their program. People were flying in. They weren't going, oh, did I take that thing that they cut out in the mailer? Yeah, yeah no. But no. when they all have access to it right there, they're not punching it in. They're scanning it. It's on their phone. And now they've got what they need for the day and they can stay connected. Very right. Cool. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Unless you lose great. your phone. If you lose your phone, you're in trouble. Right. Well, I mean, but, in any case, right? I mean, you lose <laughs> your phone now and it's like, I don't know how I will survive this day. Right, exactly. So. But no, I think it, that really it, does go back to, sorry, aim to cut you off. I just think no. that really goes back to like how a TV viewer, how the audience, I mean, I would say Amy and I use the word audience more than any other word in the book, probably. Um, how the audience is consuming the information and they need it again, not to speak to the lowest common denominator, but they need it boiled down. They need it made extremely accessible because they don't want to think. They want to understand that, oh, if I'm watching Hoda talk about bath towels, I can scan the little thing in the, in the corner and now I own the bath towels that Hoda and Jenna are talking about. And it sounds so incredibly basic, but there's so many steps in order to get it to be that, that free mind. Right. But that's, I mean, to us, that's like the biggest feedback. Listen, I learned, I learned about it. If I learned about it uh, from watching the Today Show and understanding. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're, to this day, they're a good partner of ours. Um, You know, it's a, it is, it's accessibility, right? And that's, that's ultimately what it comes down to. We earn the engagement and then we capitalize on that moment, right? And like, that's, that's kind of the, the whole thing, whether it's in content or in sales or whatever the ultimate goal is, it's how do we get our hooks in this person and then keep them somewhere in our ecosystem, right? So guys, I've got a very fancy party to get to in my dress. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why are you sorry? I'm trying to make, I'm taking the heat here. I like uh, your I'm outfit. We're going to get to this party. Uh, right. Guys, it was great having you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Amy Rosenblum, Drew Hour, So You Want to Be on TV.com. It's very cool to hang out and talk to you guys. We, well, we, so but we adore both of you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.